uh, today's reading comes from James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. This is God's word. Well, this is going to be a very different sort of sermon this morning, very different talk. Um, it's going to be very short. Um, it, um, as we begin, first you'll notice I'm channeling my inner Barry White this morning because I woke up with a frog in my throat, so if it slips down low, um, nothing's wrong, I feel fine, but it's just one of those things. Um couple of quick notes before I start on this. Um, this New City Catechism that we're doing is a compilation, if you're familiar with some of the catechisms of the church. Catechism is just, catechesis just means teaching, and uh, and it's just a, a short question and answer. It's a way people got prepared for baptism or other ways. There's many famous uh, catechisms, Westminster, Heidelberg. This is a compilation of questions from all these. Some of them are hundreds of questions. This is 52 questions in 52 weeks. And uh, there's a book, Joe Knight, you can see him back there. Hold up the book, Joe. He's got a book that has scriptures and little, like, goals along with it. Also, I've, I've done a lot of the app. There's a New City Catechism free app that each week you can go through. It's just a teaching tool. I was very struck. That first one that we had, if you know, we sing a song, What is Our Hope in Life and Death? We, we That's the opening line of a song. They took it from that. That's actually from one of the other catechisms. But there's a story, Gospel Coalition has a story about someone who is in a uh, a life and death situation, like uh, they were facing death in, a, in an accident kind of thing in a plane. And that was on their lips. They had memorized that, and people in the plane were so gripped. It's quite a story. As the plane is is looking like it's going to go down, he and his wife just said, what is our only hope in life and death? And they had that was in their heart and on their lips, and people around were like, what? What? When you have 30 seconds, you suddenly, you know, it's foxholes and airplanes, you get religion. So it was the immediacy of teaching our mind that. So we're just going to go through this in 52 weeks, and I would encourage you, if you're able, to go through and to just let this let this be a blessing to you. Um, the second thing I want to make you aware of, if you didn't see the email, um, we have, there's a three-year term for elders at our church. Um, we are blessed that Ryan Hammond has agreed to come before our congregation to serve as an elder. Ryan, would you just stand so people, if they don't know you, can see what you look like? Ryan uh, has the qualifications of an elder, and, and uh, we are thrilled for that. But this is an opportunity for the next few weeks. If you want to talk to Ryan, ask him. If you don't know him, if you'd like to find out. Elders have a lot of authority in our structure. And so um, we before it comes before the membership for a vote, we want you to be able to go to him and, and talk to him. So, um, 
Okay, as I go through, I'm going to ask you, you're going to have a part in this sermon. So if you do not have anything to write on, I'm going to ask Noah and Benjamin. They're going to have some pens and three-by-five cards. If you have a, a notebook, that's fine. But if you don't have something, everybody grab something. So just raise your hand or indicate if you need something to write on. Everybody, I'm going to give you a few minutes at the end to write down. It's not a New Year's resolution, just so you know. I don't like, I'm a Grinch when it comes to resolutions. Um, but... Uh, I think it's because, A, I can never keep them all year, and I don't like change, and everything always changes. I start, res- 2020, I had all these great resolutions. Yeah, right. It's just out the window, so. But we are going to take, we are going to take a little action point at the end here. Okay. They'll come back and get you in just a minute. So hands up if you need a card, and they'll do that. There we go. You can just you can just wing them around. So I'll tell you that when when I was searching for songs to do this week, you know, there's not a lot of New Year's Day worship tunes. People didn't write like you have Christmas, right? Easter, but New Year's Day. You think, okay, what are the big worship songs for New Year's Day? All right, found it. The song is entitled. This is a catchy title of a song, Faith's Review and Expectation. That's the name of a worship song, Faith's Review and Expectation. And it was written by by the author on New Year's Day, and it was written as an exercise in looking back, review, and looking forward, expectation. And it was written 250 years ago today. It was sung at his church where he was the pastor. And he looked back at the many dangers, toils, and snares that God had brought him through. And he looked forward for what God would do in the grace. And it got changed eventually to the first line of the song, to Amazing Grace. But he wrote it for New Year's Day. Sang it with a sermon that was based on First Chronicles 17, 16, and 17. And that is the story of David who's been taken to God's woodshed, as it were, and disciplined for his great sin. And Nathan, the prophet, told him, David, you've fallen. And David repented. David came and said, yeah, I- I've blown it big time. I-, I-, I don't have anything to bring before the Lord. I've got nothing. And these verses say, after Nathan came And said, after having been disciplined, he said, David, I'm going to continue to work through you and your family. I haven't given up on you. Even though you're an adulterer and a murderer, you've come to me and I've washed you clean. And David says this, who am I, Lord? What is my house that you've brought me thus far? Was this just a small thing in your eyes? You've spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come, and you've shown me what my future generations will will experience, O Lord my God. And uh, John Newton preached on faith's review and expectation, had his congregation sing this song, and he wrote in his journal that afternoon, Here I am in my 49th year of age, and... I may expect in the course of only just a few years, life expectancies were short, 1773, 
I'm going to go where I shall never more return, but Lord, let me focus on your grace that keeps me always waiting till my appointed change shall come. Boy, that's, that's something, right? No resolution. He wasn't, you know, there's nothing about, oh, I'm going to lose weight or, you know, I'm going to build up. I mean, some serious stuff here. As I say, I'm a bit of a Grinch when it comes to resolutions because I never seem to be able to follow through, though I think planning and aiming is good. Do y'all do resolutions? Do y'all do that? I do. I mean, I, I, I try. And it's, again, if you don't aim at anything, you're bound to hit it. So aim at something, right? Give yourself that. But when I always ask the Lord at the beginning of the year, Lord, do you have a word? Do you have something, you know, that you want me to share with the congregation? Sometimes I have a lengthy something. I've done it in all sorts of different ways. Sometimes I haven't really had anything. And it was just this when I was asking the Lord. I guess it was falling on January 1st like this Sunday does. Resolve to believe and then do. Don't resolve to do I was a little weird. Resolve to believe and then do. Don't just resolve to do. I want to challenge us to, this is what this card is going to be for. I want to challenge you to resolve this year to believe. Believe what God has said in some aspect, specific aspect, that maybe it's difficult for you to believe. We tend in our society to, to value doing over believing. You know, show me what you've actually done. And I, I get that. Because if you just say, I believe, and then don't do, right? James has a lot of words to say about that. But without faith, it's impossible to believe, believe God. Faith is the, you know, believe in faith. That's the same thing. And... Um, there's a counselor named David Powlinson who says this, when you resolve to do something, it means you formally express what you believe, what you will, what you intend. It is a stand you take, a direction you choose, and a thought and a decision, but it's based on what you believe. I have a battle with shoulds. I know what I should do. Um, I know I, there's people I, I should forgive. I know it's the right thing to do. It's a Christian thing to do. But I don't always want to do it, and I struggle with that. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Jesus Christ has forgiven you. When I believe that, that I've been forgiven, and I see my sin, I see how much I've been forgiven, and out of that belief, my doing of forgiveness, I won't say it's easy. It's easier. Change out of belief, not out of willpower. So I want to think about three things. Resolving to believe... Un, oh, I'm a, I use the word unto, I'll use the old word, unto action. If no action follows out of your belief ever, if there's nothing that changes, then you might need to rethink it. 
but let's resolve to believe unto action. Second thing is, you know, we I I tend I think to get frustrated with the uh, the calendar, the annual nature of things, seasons of time, weeks, months, years. As I've grown older, I think in seasons now. Living in a place with four seasons, winter, spring, summer, fall, the real seasons, I I anticipate the next season, look back at what has happened during this season. I don't know how long your seasons are, what you're in, but if you can think about the seasons of your life, maybe it's a, a longish season, you know, we're entering in, we've been a few years into our empty nester season, and you know, it changes. And boy, when we had babies, it was a season for sure. When we had young children and we were exhausted and it's a season. Some seasons are sort of short. I always play a mental game in winter and I count a hundred days from December 1st to March 10th because I can count on a day like we're having today to bring me joy knowing the spring is coming. And when you know the Lord will be there, then winter isn't quite so hard. When you know that there will be a sign of spring. And in the days when things are good and you're feeling, you know, the, the joy of that, just remember that if you focus on the things that will go away, if I only take joy in the spring and summer, I'm not focusing on what's lasting and eternal. One of my life verses is 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17, and it says, don't lose heart, for though your body is wasting away, And I see my body wasting away. Though your body's wasting away, I want to quote, I want to quote it exactly, so forgive me. Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. So don't lose heart. Though your body is wasting away, the inner self is being renewed day by day. This light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are transient but the things which are unseen are eternal. So believing and and hoping and holding on in seasons to things that aren't going to change with the seasons. Finally, when I believe something, I tend to, I have in mind what I'm going to do, how I'm going to change or act as a result of that. But as I mentioned before, if 2020 taught any of us anything, it's hold loosely to your plans. And probably 2023, I'm Lord willing, there won't be a pandemic. But you know, something's not going to happen either that you think will or it's going to happen and you didn't plan on it. It's coming. Or maybe 2024, I don't know. Maybe this season. But you don't know. And so we hold loosely to what we're going to do. But the change will change you. Whatever you expected to happen or not happen, if you're looking to the eternal God, the change will change you. What's not What you don't expect or what came in a different package, it can alter you for the good. In what Andy read today in James 4, James's counsel is wise. It says, 
You who say today or tomorrow, we'll go to such and such a town, spend a year there and trade and make a profit. That had their plans, right? Pretty good, pretty good plan. But you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What's your life? You're a mist that appears for just a little while and then vanishes. Instead, say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. This isn't about semantics. This isn't about couching every phrase with, oh, if the Lord wills, I'll see you for dinner tomorrow night. I mean, you can say it if you want, but I only got the point. The point is this, that we submit to the sovereignty of God because there's going to be some things that will pop up that you probably wish wouldn't. But we say, Lord, you've willed, Lord, that nothing comes to me except sifted through your hands that love me. So we live with the reality of the brevity of life that we're a mist. You think, well, is that good or bad? It helps keep you real when you know you're not eternal in the sense of this life. It's, it's brief. Second, if the Lord wills, I submit to you, Lord, what you want. And you love me. And so anything I go through, good or bad, you're going to walk with me. This last phrase of that section uh, in uh, verse 16. No. Um, what was the last one? 17. He says this. Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it's sin. We think of sin sometimes as what we do, the the things we ought not to, we just do them and that's the thing. But if you all know the right thing you should be doing and you're delaying, don't. It's The Bible says there are sins of omission, that we don't do what we know God has called us to do. So if you know God has called you to do something and he wants you to take a step in a certain direction toward him or act in a certain way, I just encourage you to do it. Do it and trust the results to him. And the last thing before we write for a few minutes and we close is this. When we're looking at what we believe and what we want to do, it can often be, well, I'm going to add something to my life. And that may be what you need to do. Say, I really need to spend more time in the Word, I need to be regular in fellowship, I need to, well, whatever, and that's good. But we live in a world that wants to distract us to death. And it wants to put in front of us things that will uh, not be that great for us. One of the best things I did last year was delete a couple apps from my phone. And they were they weren't sinful, it wasn't like they were bad, they were just wasting my time. And so um, think about what you may want to cut out and that God might be calling you to step away from that uh, might leave room for things that would really be good for you. So on the card, if you've got a pen and a card, I'm going to ask Audrey in just a minute to just come up and just play some worship behind us for just a few minutes. So here's what I want you to write. Lord, I choose to believe... Right on that card or on a notebook or something. Lord, I choose to believe or I resolve to believe (laughs) 
Now, I put, I always put what your word says because I want it to be not just what we think God should do, but I always put or what your word says. And then I want you to just, we're going to spend a few minutes, about five minutes. It, it may seem like an eternity of, of quiet, but I just want you to ask the Lord, Lord, is there some way that I can believe you? And then the second part, if you've got that line, then put, because I believe this, I will. And then here's the action. There's the do that flows out of the belief. Lord, I choose to believe what your word says. Because I believe this, I will. When you think about relationships, broken relationships, when you think about forgiveness, I want you to think about faith. I want you to think about sharing your faith. I want you to think about things that um, spiritual disciplines of life. Think about and remember the hymn 250 years ago today, sung for the first time with that catchy title, Faith's Review and Expectation. Lord, we look back, we're thankful, we look forward with expectation. All right, let's take a few minutes and do that, and then we'll, we'll close in worship.